The Adam Crowley Show. Making my way downtown, walking fast, faces passing, I'm homebound. Should I go lower? Staring blankly ahead, just making my way, making a way through the crowd. On ESPN Pittsburgh. For Andrew McCutcheon, Chris Archer will wear number 24 after wearing number 22 in Tampa. He said that is his number for at least the whole season. I don't think anybody should wear that number, end quote. He also showed up today wearing an Antonio Brown jersey. He also tweeted out on the Twitter.com, where is the best coffee place in Pittsburgh? He's also using Wiz Khalifa as his warm-up music. This guy flippin' gets it. This guy understands how to get popular and how to remain popular. I was following along with one of the Tampa Bay writers earlier this morning, and they wrote that Chris Archer will be missed in the community as much, if not more, than he's going to be missed on the baseball field. And you need to see that. You want to see that. You'd rather see that than... Chris Archer going to a strip club and having his face all up in that cottage cheese ass. Uh, you'd much rather see Chris Archer get off the bump instead of doing a bump like Martavis Bryant. You'd rather see Chris Archer throw fire, throw gas, instead of smoking the gas like any number of Pittsburgh Steelers. You'd like to see him perform, but you'd also like to know that he's a good guy on top of it. And the Pirates... They need that a little bit. The clubhouse is bouncing right now, and they're bouncing because of the winning streak. They're also bouncing because the general manager goes out and makes a move. But you want characters that are bouncing. Andrew McCutcheon had bounce. Andrew McCutcheon had verve. Andrew McCutcheon had the it factor. And it sounds like Chris Archer's got it too. You need a new face of the franchise. Marte's not the face of the franchise. He's just not. Polanco can't be. They don't have one. Maybe it's Chris Archer. Now, performance also has to play into that. But if he's a halfway decent pitcher and he's this cool-ass dude that we all think that he is, that he's at least presented himself to be this time out, well, man, he goes a long way towards becoming that face of the franchise. And I, I do think that's important. I think if you have a face of the franchise, a player who can stand alone, then I think that that makes the entire organization look better. I think it makes Neil Huntington look better. I think it makes Frank Coonley look better. I think it makes Bob Nutting look better. When you've got a player out front and center that is the focus as opposed to them being the focus. Because the face of the Pirates lately has been Bob Flippin' Nutting. The face of the Pirates lately has been that guy. The guy who looks like his face is made of porcelain. Now, I do worry about what's going to happen at Seven Springs now that they're shelling out all the cash for Chris Archer. I wonder if people are going to be falling off of ski lifts or they're going to be only serving natural light at the foggy goggle. Regardless, I'm happy they got this guy, and I'm happy that Bob Nutting, the porcelain-faced jackal, or as I called him yesterday, the Pringle, is no longer the face of the organization. 412-922-2874 is the number to call. Tweet me at underscore Adam Crowley. Braden says, Chris Archer should have arrived in a helicopter. Damn it! He should have. He should have. And the, they've got that thing going on in the North Shore now where they're doing that military exercise. So 
There's helicopters flying everywhere. I could have just jumped out. I still have a problem with the way that the Chris Archer thing is going already, though. He should be starting tonight. He was set to start tonight in Tampa. If you can ship Tyler Glass now out of the bullpen down to Tampa to start tonight, then you sure as hell can ship the starter up here to start tonight from Tampa. You're playing the Cubs. You've only got so many opportunities to dig out of the hole that you're in. You can cut a game off of the National League Central lead by beating them tonight. You can get to within five games of the Central lead. Put your best pitcher out there. Don't put your worst pitcher out there. The guy that you bump from the rotation when Chris Archer gets here. The reason Chris Archer is here is because Nick Kingham's not good enough right now. And Nick Kingham's going to start today against the Cubs, the team that they're trying to catch. You get to five games back at the start of August, you've got a chance. Are they better than the Cubs? No. Are they good enough right now to win the division? I don't think so. But if you're going to, you got to chip away starting right now. Boy, they might not even have been chipping away at all had replay not been used last night. The umpires did ultimately get it right. Addison Russell, what are you doing, you dumb, dumb head? He hits a leadoff, or pardon me, there's a leadoff double. He, or single, doesn't matter. Guy's on base. He then hits a triple, but it's really a double because he gets thrown out at third. If he just plays it conservatively and goes to second base, I don't know if the Pirates are sitting six games back right now. They're probably eight games back. If he slides correctly, the Pirates are probably eight games back right now. Momentum would have shifted. The Cubs would have scored a run in all likelihood. and It's not good. It's not good. They got bailed out by that. It did make me realize the importance of replay, though, in the midst of a pennant race. Uh, you kind of need to get things right whenever they're that important. Okay, now that we've... Stop talking about the Pirates for a moment. We'll get back into the Pirates with Tim Benz coming up in 11 minutes here on the Crowley Show. I got to bring up this Urban Meyer thing again. Uh, I wanted to keep it all Pirates and Steelers today, but Urban Meyer made it impossible. One of his assistant coaches from 2009 to 2015 was beating his wife. And Urban Meyer said this week at Big Ten Media Day, or last week, pardon me, at Big Ten Media Day that he didn't know anything about it until he fired him. Because the guy's fired now. But it happened just a couple of weeks ago, years after Urban Meyer's wife was texted by the wife of the guy who was beating her. And she was texting Meyer's wife saying that it was happening. Urban Meyer, instead of firing this man, decides, I'm not going to do anything. And then he decides that he's going to cover it up. He's not going to say anything. He's going to lie about it at the Big Ten Media Day. And now we know that Urban Meyer's wife knew, and if Urban Meyer's wife knew, he knew. You don't think she's telling him how big of a dirtbag one of the assistant coaches are? I mean, come on. I love my wife to death. One of the things I love most about her is that she always tries to set me straight. If I didn't have my wife, God knows where the hell I'd be. I'd be in a ditch somewhere. I'd be going to Sharky's tonight, and then I'd be leaving Sharky's and driving to the next bar to continue getting messed up. Uh, I don't have an off switch. I don't have a break. She's my break. She's my off switch. She's also somebody that I can invite in about everything and vice versa. Uh, I, having the relationship that I have with her, find it very hard to believe that Urban Meyer isn't going to know 
what's going on with his own coaching staff. Spouses like to meddle. She meddles with my stuff. I meddle with her stuff. You don't think Urban Meyer's wife is meddling in his stuff? You don't think she's saying, this guy on your staff's a dirtbag? So let's assume that he knew. Bro, why aren't you doing anything? Is it because you want to protect the program and not the woman? Is it because you want to protect the program and you think that the best way to do that is to hide it? Is it because you want to protect yourself and you think that the best way to do that is to hide it? Because I get that for recruiting violations. If your assistant coach comes to you and goes, oh, dude, man, I've been texting this guy while I'm not supposed to text him, then, okay, yeah, we're going to hide that. Let's destroy the phone records. Let's find a way to not let this get out. We don't need to have our bowls be suspended. Well, we're paying people for tattoos, coach. Okay, let's find a way to cover that up. I understand that. I understand covering that nonsense up. You're paying a player? Cover it up. Fine. It's really a victimless crime. The only people who are victims are the teams in your conference that don't get to pay as much as you do, the Ohio State. That's fine. I get that. Cover that up. Kids are actually making money. I can't get mad about that. They should be being paid anyhow. But when a woman is getting beat and you sit aside and do nothing, man, you're weak. You're weak. And it doesn't make any sense to lie about that. Like, Take the whole personal thing out of it. Take the whole there's actually a woman in danger thing out of it just for a second. And I still don't get it. I still don't get why you wouldn't just say, hey, man, we're firing you, personal decision, in the statement. You don't have to necessarily even release what's going on, but you make it clear we can't have this guy around the program anymore. And you know what people do? They applaud. They shouldn't because that's the right thing to do. They shouldn't because that's the easy thing to do, but they will because not enough people do the right thing. Joe Paterno didn't do the right thing. Our Bryles didn't do the right thing. If you roll over and you rat out these awful people, the only thing that's going to come with it is you looking good. That's it. So for Urban Meyer to lie about it, it does make sense from a program perspective. And it, of course, doesn't make sense from a human rights perspective. This woman's getting beat, and he's not doing anything about it. Uh, we, can, we can sit here all day and talk about how that's wrong. Obviously, we all know that that's wrong. But Urban Meyer could be the coach at Ohio State until he's dead and then even beyond. Urban Meyer could be zombie Urban Meyer, and he could be coaching Ohio State because he's won a national championship, because he's the second best coach in the sport. And the gap between those two and the rest is pretty damn big. Because when you are a college coach that has that kind of success, you get statues built. Statues get torn down not because of what happens after you've already made your mark. Not because of what happened on the football field. No. Statues get torn down in Joe Paterno's instance because of what you did off the football field to protect what's on the football field. The only thing that could cost Urban Meyer his job ever is to do something like this. So for two reasons, it doesn't make any sense. It doesn't make sense to me. I can't get it in my brain why it would happen. I can't. You could be the Ohio State coach from now until the end of time. And you could have helped the woman who's in need. Seems like a slam dunk to me. Coming up next, we talk to Tim Benz about Le'Veon Bell and that nasty stripper. 
And they get his thoughts on the Pirates. Are they going to sign Corey Dickerson to a long-term extension? He's not so sure. I think they will. You're listening to The Crowley Show. Eight. The Adam Crowley Show. Love you, 970 ESPN. It's Adam Crowley, I think it is. He's a good guy. He really is. He's a good host. I enjoyed it, you know? And now we're talking about a weekly spot on the show. And I'm just telling Adam, I better be picked. Freebies are up. Adam Crowley on ESPN Pittsburgh. Know that we're on this time. Now we're on. Nice to know that Tom's letting me know that we're on. Hey, what are you talking about? Theater of the mind, Tim. I'm supposed to be the first guy that talks. What happened there? This is this is a train wreck. Tim, Ben's well, when I us. talk on the air and I not don't know that I'm on the air, then I'm going to be preemptive and make sure I'm the first one talking when I know we're on the air, so that you can control what yes. the conversation is and where it goes. It's easier to do this in person than on the phone. We haven't done too many of these in person, only a couple. Well, yeah, we haven't, and yet for whatever reason, it's still not going off to a good start. Uh, you know what we don't have in here, which is similar to the studio back in Green Tree, is a uh, functioning television. We do not. And I can't see football from here either because we're so far away from the players practicing. I can't see anything. My vision is trash, and the Steelers are practicing on the field that is the third farthest from us, so I'm, I haven't been able to catch anything today, which stinks. I usually like to take a couple notes here and there as I'm watching them in the first field. But we'll get to the Steelers. Although, you know what? No, let's start with them. I heard some grumbling from some of the fans as I was walking through to come up here to the press box. People upset that they had staked out a spot. They thought was prime seating, only to have the players be this far away. Hey, Steelers PR Burt, he did everything he could by tweeting it out earlier on in the day. Go oh, over what's... to the other side. Oh, did he do that? He did. There you go. Come so... on, fans. Pay attention. Get on Twitter, because there's just not enough people on Twitter. That's one thing I think every day is, you know what? More people should be on Twitter. Tim, I almost actually got off of Twitter yesterday after I saw the strip club video with Le'Veon Ooh. Bell. That was... Nasty, man. I'll give Mark Madden credit for the line of the day. It looked like someone put on golf spikes and trampled in cottage cheese. <laughs> and honestly, I, it looked like a golf ball on steroids. The worst is that the second that the video ends is what is facing you when it ends. Everybody's talking about Le'Veon Bell's judgment. Like, didn't he show poor judgment by being filmed in a strip club. No, he showed poor judgment in his choice of stripper. Do you know, that was on Miami Beach, too. How does that happen? Also, bad judgment by whoever hired the stripper in Miami Beach. You could do better than that. You know it was his fiance that filmed it. I mean, like, you get nothing but first-round draft choices when it comes to Miami Beach strippers. That's like taking Jermaine, it might have been Jermaine Stevens, but that's like <laughs> taking Jermaine Stevens in the first round. We did the cheese tease yesterday with Tom doing the stripping, and Tom, without a doubt, without a doubt, has a better ass than that woman. See, I didn't see her cheese tease yesterday. Oh. Did, did he leave the shirt on and take the pants off? Because that would have been apropos. He took the shirt off and the pants off. Oh. Thong? Boxers. Oh, we should have gone thong! Yeah, you could have gotten away with thong. I don't think the internet's ready for Tom's ass in a thong. We didn't have one. We tried. Man. Who would lend Tom a thong, and how would you do it? I could have swiped one from my wife. <laughs> There's no way it would have fit. See, now, oh, there you go. You just bailed yourself out. I did. You probably took a tick or two too long there before you did, but at least you figured out where I was going to go next. Well, the pause there was because I 
was still thinking about Tom in the thong. Yeah, I can see that could delay your response a touch. How dumb is Le'Veon, though, that his wife is there, or his future wife is there. She's the one that filmed it. That, Maybe that's what she's into. I mean, that's fine. She could work for DKPittsburghSports.com, but I don't understand how he's just letting that happen. Like How he, he doesn't know. he doesn't know. care. Well, he's not in a contract. He's not violating anything. He doesn't care what this team thinks about him. The worst thing they're going to do is yank the franchise tag from him, and that's what he wants anyway. Right? What does he care? So he goes to a strip club and grabs dad ass, as his coach so famously said about the New England Patriots. He grabs dad ass. What, are the Jets not going to give him $17 million now? Are the Browns not going to? The Browns are talking to Pac-Man and Dez. You think the Browns aren't going to give him $17 million next season? I would question his hands, though, Tim. Well, now I think they're more prepared than they were at this point last year. He's obviously working on his grip. It, he he does not have any touch though. I mean, it was a little. I mean that it to me, Le'Veon Bell's not good in bed. Oh, you figured that out by looking I at did. the video. I did. Um, that's a leap I'm not willing to take. I was eating yesterday when Brian showed me the video. Oh my god, oh my god. I mean, no more eating. Yeah. Um, she might have. I'm trying to think. Like, okay, the the analogy that I drew to somebody when we were talking about this was if you look at Jimmy Garoppolo's girlfriend. The 41-year-old porn star that he's going out with. Yeah, I wasn't into that either. Yeah. What was your name again? Mia Kari- Korea Mia? Yes. Kiara Mira? Or whatever. I keep screwing it up. Keone, Keone yeah. Kella? Oh, you know what? She's got a 23-year-old daughter that's an Instagram model. This is the play by Garoppolo. I talked about oh. this on Madden Show. I finally figured it out. The 23-year-old daughter is a smoke show. He's trying to pull a Mayday Malone. <laughs> He's trying to pull a Sam Malone, which I know is a Cheers reference that you don't get. No, I love Cheers. Oh, you know Cheers. I know Cheers. So you saw the episode where he pulled yeah. the mother-daughter combo. Yes. That's what Jimmy that's Garoppolo is trying to do. Okay. That's the power play. If that's the case, then it's totally fine if he goes for the mom. Yes. Yeah, give it give it 15 minutes of your best love and get the hell out well, of it. Well, okay, now here's, here's a dynamic question. And I'll, I'll open this up to the group if Tom and Brian want to chime in on this. They can both hear us, right? And they can both talk to us they down the can. line? Okay, all right. So... What is the greater risk if you're trying to pull the mother-daughter combo? And which side is more likely to be pissed off worse? If you're with the daughter first and then you go to the mom, or you're with the mom first and then you go to the daughter? I would think, I would be inclined to believe that if you were with the mom first and then went to the daughter, that would be worse. Am I right or no? I think you can't be with the daughter and then go to the mom. So you're opposite me. Then. Yeah, I think that. The, Why's that? I think the daughter's gonna get all kind of pissed if you start sticking it in her mom. Oh, and I'm not good enough for you. You got to go to that model. Although I guess you could say it the other way. Yeah. Oh, oh, I guess I'm a little too old for you there. Yeah. Well, you guys know the old adage. Uh, he left me for a younger woman. Imagine if that you're reminded that every Christmas, every Thanksgiving, and every holiday. I think the mother would come strong, and you, you might actually be risking like bodily harm at that point. Like, the daughter, you would have resentment. The mom, you would have your feelings hurt. Her feelings hurt. You know what I mean? Like, it would be an emotional scarring thing for the mom. If it was the daughter, she'd be mad, and she wouldn't quite understand it. I think the mom understanding what took place, that she got traded in for a newer model, that would be because women dealing with aging, eh, it's a problem. Yeah, no kidding. Uh, same with her, although she probably doesn't think that she's aged because of all the work that's been done. I mean, I, yes, I mean yeah. to be fair, guys, I'm, a, I'm, I'm making my assumption here under, under the assumption that uh, 
both of them is off the table. Well, she's got sort of a table backside, doesn't she, Kiara? <laughs> like, you could eat dinner on that thing. That's how she got known, you know, was to do a parody of um, Kim Kardashian. She was Kim Kardashian in a parody. So if you were to rank them, it would be daughter of Keona Kella. Yeah. Yes. Daughter, Kiara Mira. Oh. Grandmother of Kiara Mira. And then whatever Lev was touching. Oh, God. In that order, descending. Tim Benz joining us here on the Crowley Show. Tim, let's... That concludes the football talk. Yes, yes, we nailed that football talk. Yeah. I'm sure Jimmy Garoppolo loved it. What? Shove it up the middle. <laughs> Never mind. Uh, <laughs> I was going to make a Jimmy Garoppolo banging porn star joke, but and I... You lost it, didn't I you? I lost it right in the middle of it. Let's just sort of like Mason Rudolph's first pass here at training camp. It's just flopped out of your hand. Yes. All right. Well, it shouldn't be flopping in your hand. Anyway, Tim Benz joins us here on the Crowley Show. At the end, it should, Adam. (laughs) Just go talk to me about baseball, because I know that's what you want to do anyway. How do you know? (laughs) How does anybody know? You only know because you knew beforehand. Nobody has any clue what I'm trying to talk about right now. What the hell happened yesterday, man? I I don't know if I've ever been more stunned. And I I don't want to get caught in the hyperbole express, but... Uh, I, I was not seeing that coming at all. I didn't think they'd give up Meadows. I thought if they could give up Meadows, they might try to do, they could avoid giving up Meadows, they might try to do it. I'm not stunned that they got Kella, the relief mm-hmm. pitcher from Texas. And when they did that, my, my instinct was that's probably all they're going to do. But when Archer was still out there midday, I thought maybe the price had come down to the point that they would do it. I thought I, I kept hearing throughout the day that they were still in the mix. And I thought that must have been because every other team in Major League Baseball was spooked off by his poor record this year and his poor stats this year. So that was my thinking. And then when I found out what they gave up, I got a little dicey on that because I had written in advance, I want them to get Archer. I just don't want them to give up Meadows to do it. Because at that point, it's not about me saying, oh, you got to hold on to the prospects. I'm not that guy. I'm not Tim Williams' pirate prospect guy who thinks that every single player in the minors is going to turn out to be a Hall of Famer. You know, I'm not one of these guys who looks at the prospect as a shiny, unwrapped toy and sees them for everything they could be, and then you see them take 50 swings, and you figure out what all their warts are, and then you want to get rid of them. Like, I'm not that guy. But I will say that I look at Meadows as a major league player now. Because at least in the way I was thinking about the Pirates going into the trade deadline yesterday... My belief was not only are they not going to do much, they're probably not going to keep Corey Dickerson either. Because why would you keep him in his arbitration year when you can get productivity from a player who got a sniff in the majors, who was a first-round draft choice, that you were apparently going to commit to, just have that guy take over in left field because you're going to pay him less and you've got plans for him anyway. So start going with it as opposed to paying Corey Dickerson whatever he's going to make in arbitration. Trade him for more prospects after a good year. So... They deal Meadows, and I'm thinking to myself now, okay, great, you got Archer, that's fantastic. I'm in favor of bringing Archer on board to help the rotation. But I think the next domino that has to fall is they've either got to keep Corey Dickerson yes. or if they lose him, they've got to replace him with somebody who is just as good. You know what I mean? If they don't sign him, they've got to be at least ready to pay the arbitration tag, which might be eh, heavier than they want. Yes, and they have to do that. If they don't do that, then... You can get, you can you can be mad. I mean, you could be upset about it. You can say we had our uh, right fielder, left fielder, center fielder, wherever the hell you want to play him. You've got your probably left. You've got your Austin Meadows. Um, but 
if you don't wind up keeping him, then yeah, that is a, that is a problem. I think that they are going to wind up keeping him, though. I do think that they're going to try to work out an extension because it's the only way it makes sense. Uh, it doesn't make sense to give up Meadows, especially not the way that they covet prospects. And he's a prospect slash major leaguer. If they're going to give him up, then it has to mean, in my mind, that they've already had conversations with Dickerson. It means that I think that they're going to make that. Uh, I don't know about that. No? No, I don't know about but that. But they're so loath to okay. give up prospects that... Well, understand this, though, because I don't want to be too insidious about this or you know, act like they're being too deceptive on a day where everybody is praising them, but I'm also a realist. So look at it this way. We're, we're bending over backwards to say they, they've changed their ways. Now, I don't want to get them in trouble for something they haven't done yet by giving up on Corey Dickerson, but I'm also not going to take my 20 plus years of watching and covering this team and flush it down the toilet and be naive about it either because well okay well, hold on because think about this think about this they've got archer they're so they're adding archer's payroll right right but if you think about it archer coming on board for what dickerson would have cost if they had kept him minus as well what they didn't keep in garrett cole you know uh, it they're still kind of, they're still kind of making. They're still, you know, might be in the black on this. Well, okay, that's fair, but they did sign Cervelli to an extension. I don't see that di being all that different from this. They did sign Liriano to an extension. I don't see mm -hmm. that being all that different Nova. from this. Nova to an extension. I don't see that being all that different from this. So you go out and you do what you just did with those veterans with this veteran. I don't think it's all that far away from the realm of possibility that they get it done. I don't think it's beyond the realm of possibility, but. You're not going to give them credit for it before it happens. I'm not going to blame them for something they haven't done yet. I'm not going to give them credit for something they haven't done yet either. I tweeted the only thing that could have made yesterday better, Tim, is if they did sign Corey Dickerson. 4.30, 5 o'clock, extension, let's go. Well, hey, look, I'm not even saying that they. it's smart to do it yet. I'd like to see it at the end of the season, though. Like, if he's still a 300 hitter and doing things for him in the top six of the lineup and a, a – I don't know, a catalyst or at least a component as to why they make the playoffs, then they should do it because this is now a baseball move. You have now made baseball moves. Right. And once you start making baseball moves, You're expected to you make have more. to keep making baseball yep. moves or else it stands out all the more as to why you aren't doing so. Hence the the outrage, the rancor that we saw after 2015 when they did what they did in the offseason going into 2016 when they started picking the team apart. Yeah, you're right about that. And it's something we actually talked about in the pre-show meeting I'm going to bring up coming up in the next segment. If you go back to being the Pirates the way that the Pirates have been the Pirates over the last, since 2011, whenever they were pseudo-good, then this means nothing. It's just a blip on the radar. and It's a feel-good day in what is a lifetime of awful as being a Pirates fan. Uh, Tim, you said you're writing tomorrow. Not, yeah, oh, yeah, go ahead. Yeah, sure. Yeah, for uh, Breakfast with Ben's. Yeah. That you talked to Corey, uh, to Corey Frazier, to Adam Frazier. Corey uh, Frazier, is that the third Corey from the 1990s, along with Corey Haim and Corey Feldman? There's a Corey Frazier, too. What about Corey from Boy Meets World? See, I do the other thing. I don't, I don't do Corey Frazier. I do Kevin Frazier with the Newman Seinfeld yes. guys. Yes. With Kramer and Newman. I always do that. I always call one of them Kevin Frazier. I just call them like the, the Seinfeld guys because e. I screw it up every time. Yeah, it's, it's smarter to do it that way. It's a problem. Yeah, so Adam Frazier told me that he thinks one of the reasons why the chemistry is so much better in the locker room. Actually, I'll take it back one step further. The reason that they're in the position that they're in right now so that Neil went out and acquired guys at the deadline is because this locker room sustained a bad stretch of losing better than other locker rooms that he has been a part of. And he said the reason, in part, that this locker room is so much better than other locker rooms that he's been a part of is that the relationship between the Latino and non-Latino guys is far better 
than what we have seen in recent years. Now, I interpret that to mean that Andrew McCutcheon and Garrett Cole hate Latino guys. Is that how you interpret that? I was going to say, that does, that does paint those two gentlemen in a poor light, doesn't it? <laughs> well, no, see, like, that's, as I'm writing this column, I'm thinking, look, I remember when, when I was in Boston, there was a headline in the Boston Globe one day, the Red Sox stink and it's all A.J. Pierzynski's fault. <laughs> Which was kind of true, actually, now that I look back at it. But, you know, it, it was low-hanging fruit. He was the new guy on a team that had just gone to the playoffs the year before and won the World Series. He comes on board with a bad attitude and everything sucks. So everybody was blaming him. This can't all just be about Kutch and Cole leaving. And Frazier wouldn't go so far as to say that. But, you know, Cole wanted out. He did. Although now he's in Houston, he's got to hang out with a bunch more of those guys down there in everyday life. The Mexicans. Oh no, I'm saying that. I'm, no, I'm not I talking know, about. The, I'm not I talking know. about the Hispanic part of it. I'm talking about the fact. <laughs> well, that he was. You couldn't swing a dead cat at PNC Park without hitting somebody telling you that he could. He just couldn't wait to get out. He's counting the days until arbitration. Was well, over. and that's why all the people who were saying, "Well, <clears throat> the Pirates, they get Archer, but they gave up on Cole." Well, part of it has to be the player wanting to be there too and creating the culture of wanting to hang around. And I think Kutch was beaten down. I, I think Kutch was really fearful of going through the last few years of his career enduring what he had endured yeah. in previous seasons and that move made sense to me from the get-go because you just don't want to be paying a guy for the downside now, of i'll ask you this to cl- you can carry this into the next segment if you like well maybe i will maybe are i they, won't are they 2014 or are they 2011 i think they're because 24 you said 16 and 4 they, they 16 and 4 or 17 and 4 I thought they were 17 and I four. went 20 games, so. Oh, okay, because I think, well, 17 and 4 was the number in September of 2014 when they launched themselves in the playoffs. I think so that they that are. Team, or they, because that team didn't acquire anybody at the deadline. They did acquire people at the deadline this year. So in 2011, they got Ludwig and uh, Derek Lee, and they fell off a cliff. I think they're somewhere in between. Uh, I don't think they're a team that's going to take off. I think they're one that's going to finish maybe a few games above 500. I don't think they make the playoffs this year. I think the reason that these moves were so good is because it helps them up, helps them the next couple of years as well. That's Tim Benz. Good stuff, Tim. Sorry, I, I just had that golf ball ass back in my <sighs> brain again. And I had forgotten it. I was so happy. I just golf ball ass. I don't need that in my mind. I'm about to go eat dinner at Sharky's. I don't need that. I don't need that at all. Here's here's why I think the Pirates in 2018 are going to be somewhere between 2011 and 2014. They're not going to collapse like 2011. I think they're a good baseball team. I don't think that's going to happen. 2014, they took off. I don't think that's going to happen either because Dickerson and Bell are hurt. If Dickerson and Bell were healthy, I think they'd be more inclined to take off. If Dickerson and Bell were healthy, I think I'd even predict for them to make the playoffs, make that wild card game. Coming up next, it's hottest take of the day, other crap, and the three stars of the show. Then I'm off to Sharky's to stuff my face and get drunk. It's the Crowley Show. He's a trigger warning waiting to happen. This is the Adam Crowley Show on ESPN Pittsburgh. My feet smell... Horrific. I mean, just, just putrid. Eh, pungent. Oh, just awful. I slogged up here in the rain earlier today because my friend Wes, who does the broadcast with us and sets up as the engineer here on site, he locked our room and kept a key, and I had no other option but to walk through the rain and the mud and the slush to get up here. 
And now my feet are disgusting, and they reek, and I'm happy no one's in here because that would be all. It'll be a story one day you can tell your kids. You're like, you know, we had it rough back in my day, kids. I had to slog all the way from the locked dorm room in the rain to sit down and talk to people on the air. It It was hard. It sounds horrible, man. I'm sorry. It's not the walk that was the problem. I know you are patronizing me. It I is am the smell. not. Would I do that to you, Crowley? It is a smell. It is a smell. There are flies in here that instead of going towards the food, they're going to my feet. <laughs> and and nothing like feet in in shoes. There there's a smell that comes from that that is unlike oh. any other. It smells like my feet are farting. Can I can I tell a quick story? We got a little bit of time here. Of course we can. So like I like to go. Well, one I like to go underwearless. I don't like to wear boxers or anything like that. Along with that, I don't like to wear socks. And for years, I did not wear socks, and I would rag shoes out pretty quickly. And I remember this one day, I'm in a studio in Portland, Oregon, and I'm sitting there, and people are stopping by to see what this smell is, and I'm oblivious to it. But the thing is, my feet and the sweat that has accumulated in it and just got so bad running back and forth that day that, like, people wanted to... I was was pretty much embarrassed, but I had to pretty much roll with socks from there on out. So I'm a stinky... I'm a... I'm a... What is it? I'm a filthy, stinky Pringle. Yo, she's a stinky hoe. (laughs) Sorry, stupid story. I didn't mean to derail the show. No! I mean, I started the same time on my stinky feet, so, I mean, what do I expect? No, look, if you don't wear socks, your feet get rank, man. They just get rank, mm-hmm. and my feet, I mean, there's nothing that can save me. I got to get up there, and I got to shower, and I got to I put these in the washer. I really do. Uh, that won't even help. You probably need to burn them at this point. I'm burning them. I'll burn them. I'll burn them tonight in the bonfire. All right. It's time for the hottest take of the day. It's time for the hottest take of the day. Day, day, day. You know what I hate? When my producer doesn't talk back to me down the line. Whenever I'm sitting out here on site, I'm all alone. You're just trying to say, hey, shirtless Tom, what's coming up this segment? Hey, shirtless Tom, we got any callers on the line? Hey, shirtless Tom, what's up? And shirtless Tom doesn't respond at all. Not at all, all day long. But Katie responds. Katie talks to me down the line. Jerome the Gnome talks to me down the line. Brian's always willing to talk to me. But you know who's not talking to me? The guy I need to talk to most, my producer. Oh, Brian, this is so funny. I hear him say that stuff. I hear him talking to Brian. I don't hear him talking to me. I'm trying to do a radio show here, and I'm on a ship without a captain. I, I don't know who's steering this thing. No one's talking to me. There's no communication. Me and Shirtless Tom are on the fritz. That's the hottest take of the day. Woo! Other crap. A 10-year-old named Clark Kent broke a record that Michael Phelps held for 23 years. What is he? Superman? Woo! Other crap. There's a report out of the Washington Post that Jerry Colangelo will be stepping down from his post at the end of the calendar year. It's been confirmed by multiple Twitter accounts. Woo! Other crap. It was all his wife's fault. Woo! Other crap. The NBA has made a new deal with MGM Resorts that has to do with gambling. Bet that's going to take off. Woo! Other crap. That's craps. Woo! Other crap. I saw an NBA player once. His name was Black Jack. Woo! 
Other crap. The Ohio State coach, Urban Meyer, lied about knowing that an assistant coach beat his wife in 2015. Meyer, Meyer, pants on fire. Woo! Other crap. You think that's going to hurt Urban's legend? Woo! Other crap. Speaking of domestic abuse, Jose Reyes hit Ryan Zimmerman with a 54-mile-an-hour fastball. He telegraphed it. Woo! Other crap. It's been 599 days since Pitt basketball. We're going. I'm calling it now. We're going backwards in the count now. It's been 598 days. We're going back. Wrong direction. Other way. Other way. Up. It's time for the three stars of the show. Third star. Tonight's third star of the show, hate mail. I get emails. I don't really get the written stuff anymore. I thought it was amazing (laughs) that the guy who's defending baseball wrote a letter and sent it via snail mail. I think that's perfect for exactly why my column was spot on. Well, look, you haven't arrived as a columnist until you've got a uh, handwritten letter uh, explaining how terrible you are. So I just, you know, it warms my heart having offered this position to you to to open that letter. Second star. Tonight's second star of the show, (laughs) Would You Rather. And they wrote that Chris Archer will be missed in the community as much, if not more, than he's going to be missed on the baseball field. And... You need to see that. You want to see that. You'd rather see that than Chris Archer going to a strip club and having his face all up in that cottage cheese ass. You'd much rather see Chris Archer get off the bump instead of doing a bump like Martavis Prime. You'd rather see Chris Archer throw fire, throw gas, instead of smoking the gas like any number of Pittsburgh Steelers. First star. And tonight's first star of the show, the menage a trois. Well, the pause there was because I was still thinking about Tom and the thong. Yeah, I can see that could delay your response a touch. How dumb is Le'Veon, though, that his wife is there, or his future wife is there. She's the one that filmed it. Maybe that's what she's into. I mean, that's fine. She could work for DKPittsburghSports.com. Yeah! Meyer Meyer, pants on fire. (laughs) Thought he was going to hit the uh, Who Let the Dogs Out There. Who Let the Dogs Out There? There it is. Tonight for the Pirates, it is not Chris Archer. It is Nick Kingham as the Pirates' new starting pitcher. According to Neil Huntington, needs to get some time to get settled in and get his family here. Nah, nah, nah. Screw family! The Pirates are your family! We are family! Willie Stargell said so! Coming up tomorrow on the show, we talk about the Pirates losing to the Cubs tonight, and we look ahead to the Pirates not making the playoffs. It's the Crowley Show.